Air now has two premier cannabis dispensaries in the greater Boston area. Airback Bay is conveniently located in the heart of Boston at 827 Boylston Street across from the Prudential Center, serving adult-use customers. Or check out Air Watertown, located near Watertown Square at 48 North Beacon Street, serving medical patients and adult-use customers. Our team is eager to help you choose from a wide assortment of premium cannabis products. Join us in the air, spelled A-Y-R, in Back Bay, Watertown, or online. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit-forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR283946, MR283886, Watertown Medical License Number RMD325. It's Boston's most listened to afternoon radio program. Vulgar and Mass. You need a little bit of fat in there for flavor. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. On 98.5, the Sports Hub. I wanted to ask you about Mac Jones. I mean, obviously, the, in the last couple of games, cameras have caught him. Um, dropping some expletives on the field for, for various reasons. Um, as a coach, you know, what, what, did, what is your thought when, when you see sort of um, a sign of emotion like that from your quarterback? You know, do you mind it? Do you not mind it? Is it a sign of passion, you know, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, this is a super passionate game, right? We love this game. We put a lot into it. We work really hard. We care. We're trying to win. Um, so I love all that. You know, all of it is, is you know, you just, you care. You know, you really care. And um, Mac and I are, you know, you know, I know he wants to win and he's doing everything he can, just like, you know, like we all are. And so that stuff's great. I mean, there's never, um, I don't really look at it from that standpoint. You know, I think everyone's out there trying to just do everything they can to win. Um, you know, I've coached some pretty awesome rooms before. I've been around some pretty great players throughout the years. And um, those guys had a tremendous passion for the game like Mac. And, um, you know, you love to see that stuff and you love to see it. And you always just try to make sure you direct it in, in the way that will help uh, everyone, you know, in those moments get better. And, and that's the biggest part of it uh, as a coach. But, um, you know, I've been through some pretty fiery guys now. Don't forget, you know, Teddy Bruschi, Junior Seau, Mike Vrabel, William McGinnis, like, you know, there's been some great players, uh, you know, and Max, one of those guys, he just loved the game. So I love that. Matt Patricia yesterday on Mac Jones and his tantrums on Monday night in Arizona is how we get into it on a big boy Tuesday. Uh, coming to you from our town for Atari studios in Waltham, Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal he joins us for his regular stint. It's a Wednesday. Okay. But it's a big boy Tuesday. He's alongside Big Jim Murray. Greg Murray, how you guys doing? Good, good. We have Maz good, on the Is Maz with us? I don't have my headphones on yet. Yeah, he's there. He's there. Hi, Maz. How are you? Again, I'm sorry. Good, I you? grab my headphones. But let's start with this, okay, Greg? Let's start with um, your thoughts on Mac Jones's tantrum. Tantrums, plural. Is he justified? Are you with him? Are you glad he's doing it? Or is he a spoiled, entitled brat who's out of line? Discuss. So I think that he is entitled to do it. He is right to do it, but enough's enough. Like, you know, basically he had last week. We didn't need the piling on. You know, now he, he's on the record. We know he's unhappy. Everybody, it's been, he's drawn attention to what's going on on a national stage with the Patriots offense. And, you know, enough's enough and and just get on with it. You know, so... It, Overall, I'm fine with it, but uh, there comes a point when you're done. Maz, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. 
Yeah, so I'll tell you the part of it that bothered me more than anything. The arm wave, like, get out of here. You don't know what you're doing. As he was coming back to the huddle. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I yeah, may yeah, translate for you, Maz. He said, shut the F up. Yeah, okay, exactly. So that's the one that bugged me. Like, you want to say that the quarterback runs over to the coordinator and they have some sort of relationship and the quarterback looks animated and he says, like, I'm not getting the play in time and the coordinator goes, okay, look, I get it. No problem. Fine. It happens. I've seen it a million times. It happened with Brady. And, and Brady's another guy. It was super intense. Fine. No problem. When you brush off a coach, like, you go over there. You don't know what you're doing. Let me take care of this. That's bad. That's a bad look. And so there's no way Bill's happy with that. They're, they're, it, look, and I'll, I'll just make this quick. In some ways, I almost feel like Bill has lost control of it. So, you know, Bill, who puts all these demands on the propriety of how the players are supposed to act, what they say, how they interact with the coaching staff, I feel like I, I feel like he's lost control of it a little bit. Yeah, Greg, what's led to this? Well, I mean, first of all, to what Maz was saying, I mean, has about Bill losing control of it. Yeah, he has. It's over. He's he has ceded grounds on on that front with, you know, they're not winning anymore. I mean, they are 500 teams since Brady left. Go back to the Thanksgiving before Brady left. They're a losing team, you know, since their fraudulent 8-0 start to that season when Brady knew that they weren't any good. And now, you know, Kendrick Bourne goes off, talks about scheme and plays and stuff like that. And is he benched? Is he inactive? The players can act out and there's nothing he can do about it. Correct. That's where we've gotten to this point with the Patriots. Okay, so I want your thoughts on it out there at 617-779-0985. I want to talk more about the players taking more ownership, control, uh, openly taking on the coaches. And I find this a fascinating story where this team is at. Uh, and not an altogether good one. So I I, I want to get more into that. Phil uh, Perry had some good commentary last night with us on TV that I want to relive. So we'll get to all of that with your calls. But, Greg, you're here to tell us what did the film show? What did the film show Monday night in Arizona? It was one of the most pathetic NFL season, <laughs> late season games that I've ever watched on film. I mean, there really wasn't much to it. It was two teams that were basically facing off and saying, all right, which which team can screw up the most is going to lose this game. And that was the the Cardinals. I mean, you know, I had them for, I mean, I forgot one. I had them the Cardinals for 12 unforced critical mistakes in that game. And that's even before you get into the protecting the quarterback and the sacks and things like that. I mean, to me, the critical part of the game was uh Kingsbury fourth and one decision not to kick the field goal and go up nine to put the Patriots down by two scores. You have the third down play before that when Judon comes free and, and takes down the running back for no gain. They ran a Kyler Murray read option play on that play. Hmm. You know, they, that's the reason why those two, and I think there were two tight ends on that side of the line, just let Judon go through because the quarterback is supposed to read Judon. If he crashes on the running back, then the quarterback, Kyler Murray, Keeps holds it. the ball and yeah. runs for about 30 yards. <laughs> Except Colt McCoy at 36 years old can't run at all. And so he just gave it off. And so so Kingsbury calls a Kyler Murray play on third down. On fourth down, he makes a good call. But Colt McCoy throws it right to Jelani Tavai. Pathetic shot put of a pass attempt. Yes. Horrible. 
I mean, it was. It, it's not good that Tavai made the play, but that's a that's a mistake by the Cardinals. And and Kingsbury just shouldn't have gone for it anyways. He 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 should have he should have kicked the field goal. Make it a nine point game. Make it a nine point game. You know, you run clock on the field goal. And and here here's the thing. In the moment, I'm like, wait a minute. They don't have any timeouts left. There's 36 seconds left. Can't score a touchdown anyway. No. You're not going in there with Colt McCoy. With that the, outfit? From the 35-yard line and no timeouts with 30 seconds left. You're not scoring a touchdown anyway, you dink. They're more likely to trip over themselves, fumble the ball, holding. Now you're out of field goal range. You have no timeouts left, 36 seconds left. Just kick the field goal. Run some clock on the field goal. Run some clock on the kickoff, and the Patriots probably take a knee going in the halftime, and they're down nine, and everybody's like, holy crap, what's going on with the Patriots? <laughs> they're losing by two scores to Colt McCoy and the Cardinals. And about you know, and where the offense was at that point in the first half, I mean, it was a disaster. And so I just start there. Okay, what would you see from the game plan? Vance Joseph calls him out for being a four-yard uh, offense that just wants to gain four yards of play. And then it looks like to me they run an offense that just wants to gain four yards of play. He completely doubled down on it. I mean, it was just like they – if you thought Matt Patricia was conservative before this game, I mean, it's it was – look, I understand where the Patriots are, and they lost people. I get it. And I've heard all the excuses from Patriots fans on Twitter. Oh, they lost this guy. Oh, the Cardinals <laughs> blitz a lot. Oh. All right, look. If the if if the, this was basically a game plan, like if you went to a high school game on Friday night, like the Tri Valley League, and Medway, who isn't very good, is playing Holliston, Medway would say we can't line up toe to toe with these guys. We have to throw a bunch of quick passes, screens, draws. Maybe once in a while we'll take a shot down the field. That would be the game plan, and we have to execute to perfection. You can understand that because they're they're outgunned. This is the New England Patriots against the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are one of the worst defenses in the league. Yes, they blitz a lot. That doesn't mean they're any good at it. They aren't. Worst scoring defense in the league. Worst red zone defense in the league. Every advanced analytics says they're 26th, 25th, 24th, everything. And the New England Patriots can't line up toe-to-toe and move the ball against the Cardinals. To me, it was just it was an it was another new low for what's going on down there in Foxborough. Did you have a thought there, Mass? Yeah, look again. I, I thought I, similar to what Greg said at the beginning of the show. I thought this game. I, I when we talked about uh, this game at Encore the other day on Monday, I said to you, I don't have a lot of faith in the Patriots. I even have even less in the Cardinals, and I think that's exactly how the game played out. I don't think the Patriots played well in this game. I think the Cardinals just played worse. And it was that simple. And so I, I have a hard time, like, you know, the, I'll tell you what, when you add this up with some of the other games the Patriots have played and in prime time or not, it's almost like they're killing the sport. Okay? The Indianapolis game was horrendous. This game was horrendous. They've played a few of these this year. Okay. Mac Jones is emotional. Outbursts, how you feel about the team after that win in Arizona, as I promised Calls with the big boy right after the If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee. 
And now, more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible. And there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. So there's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses. So don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free 5-minute questionnaire at RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Exactly what was it you heard? It's Felger and Matt. 98.5 The Sports Hub. It's still about the quick game tonight. You attempted more screen att- uh, passes in a single game than you ever have in your career. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think uh, a play is a play. And they have a good defensive line and we have a good offensive line. So we kind of attacked them that way. And um, at the end of the day, you got to have a game plan to win. And that was our game plan and it worked. We see the frustration, the emotion, the sparks, and we think, uh-oh, something's wrong. But you say it's just competition and that it actually can have a positive impact. How so? Yeah, I think um, at the end of the day, this is a, an emotional game. And I think everybody feeds off emotion. And at times, we're, we're too flat. And that's what I try to do is motivate my guys. And they responded really well, the defense, everybody. So shout out to everybody on our team for responding. And we got to get to work. We got to finish, uh, get ready for next week against a good team. bullcrap meter is just exploding it's like uh and you know and i say that i'm not criticizing them for it like i don't expect you know matt patricia or joe judge or mac jones to come out and say uh yeah we're a mess that's what you're seeing we're all kind of a mess we don't trust each other and that's why we're screaming at each other like i don't expect that so they're supposed to lie but make no mistake you know Matt Patricia, second straight week, the starting quarterback's telling him to go F himself. And Patricia's saying, yeah, I love that. That's what I love in my guys. I love emotion. I want guys that care. That's what you want when you coach this game. And Mac Jones says, uh, yeah, well, first of all, you know, the 13, 12 screen passes, whatever. Well, you know, a, a play's a play. Yeah, that's definitely how I look at it. A play's a play. And then we needed the emotion. Sometimes we were flat. We needed the lift. Like, Maz, I'll just start with you. Like, the bullcrap meter off the freaking chain. Oh, uh, way off. I mean, like, again, the needle's broken. It went so far off. So the the other line that struck me with Jones, too, is he says, you know, they have a good uh, defensive line. Oh, and we have a good offensive line. <laughs> like, he, he made sure he squeezed that in because he realized when he said it that basically the game plan was we're not going to take them on up front because they're better than we are up there. So we're going to get the ball out quick. And they run into this a lot 
they be, obviously their offensive line blows. But he recognized that when he said it. And look, I don't expect him to throw the offensive line under the bus either. In fact, on the one hand, you know, he can't sit here and say, you know, he's brushing off the coach and acting like a two-year-old, and then he's lying about the offensive line. He should be protecting the offensive line. He should also be protecting his coach. But bull crap out the ears. Okay, to your thoughts, as uh, as promised, with Greg Bedard in studio, Nick in Cambridge. Lead us off. Go ahead, Nick. Greg, where do you think this team would be if it was Josh McDaniels or a comparable offensive coordinator leading? Where where will they end up? Where would have they ended up this year? What would it look like if they just rolled it back with Josh? A couple games better, two or three. I mean, you know, it all depends on circumstance. And, and you know, then again, if you have a different offensive coordinator, he has different thoughts in the offseason about – hey, this is what we need to improve. Like, let's go get this type of guy. Let's draft this type of guy. You know, whereas Matt Patricia is saying, we don't need the fullback anymore. Even though this was this was the exact type of game where if they if they had a fullback, if they had a power running game, they would have used it in this game. And so, instead, they used the quick passing game as an extension of the running game because basically they were admitting, we can't block anything. Even though... You have Trent Brown, who you signed. You have your first-round pick, who you drafted to start immediately. You have David Andrews, who we gave an extension to. You have Michael Wenu, who's a really good player. You just didn't have a right tackle. Boo freaking who? Cardinals had four out of their five starters on their offensive line out. The Cardinals' defensive line isn't even that good. Over the hill, J.J. Watt, who just runs up the field, who you ran by twice. You know, the Allen kid's good, but if, if you are... Any type of outfit, any sort of proper functioning offense, you say to the Cardinals, go ahead, be aggressive. We're going to burn your ass time and time again, but they can't do that. Julian Acton, go ahead, Julia. Hi, Greg. I just wanted to say that um, I think that Mac Jones has every right to bitch. I would be so pissed, too, if I had a defensive coordinator calling all my plays. And Mac Jones is really the one whose name is on the line, you know. He's following up Tom Brady, and he's the one getting demolished, too, in the media. So I feel like, I mean, I've never seen an offense run so many screenplays. And, I mean, I guess my question for you guys is, do you think the offensive line is good enough to make more downfield passes like the one Jones um, made to Hunter Henry? Yeah, Julian, let me stop you. I think they need to try. Mm -hmm. I think you have to try. You still have to play the game. And if you're a little short in an area, uh, I mean, you can obviously try and cover up for it, and you don't want to expose your players to something they can't do. But it's the NFL. You're going into the playoffs, maybe. You have to be able to drop back and throw the ball down the field. You have to at least try. You you cannot get away with what they're trying to do. And the thing is, is like, I thought Mac was good in this game. Me too. I, I, other than the throw to Aguilar that sailed on him, it looked like, to me, he took the long layoff and either went to Tom House or did it himself. But his mechanics, he cut down on his stride. He threw some balls you know, on those little outs that had heat on them mm-hmm. when he was well-protected and the Cardinals don't have that great a pass rush. Like, he, he exploited it. Uh, this was, to me, this was one of his best games. And if you're a real offensive coordinator, you say to yourself, all right, my guy's got it tonight. Let's, let's press the issue a little bit. Uh, they don't have a real offensive coordinator. Chris on the Cape. Hi, Chris. Hey, Mike. Um, yeah, Greg, I remember a column you wrote maybe around week three or four or so about Patricia continuing to dip into the same well multiple times a game. Fake screens, four-yard passes on third and nine. And to me, it seems like that hasn't changed. 
And it seems like he's dipping into the same well in week 14 that he did in week four, which is annoying, and he hasn't really adjusted at all. So my question is, is like, have you seen anything on film where he is doing something differently now in week 14 that he did in week four? Because it seems like the same stuff. Has it evolved at all? No, I will say that he pops a play every now and again. Like, you know, the Browns play, you know, sort of the pick play designed uh, where, like, Jacoby Myers caught it and, like, Stevenson and Hunter Henry are are blocking for him. That that was a nice wrinkle at the time. I was like, oh, that was nice. And he runs it every week. He ran it again this week. And then even their big runs that they had in this game, you know, whether it was strong, his big run, the touchdown, the longer touchdown run, like they ran the same running play four or five times. And this just tells you where the Cardinals are and why they're last in red zone defense. They ran the same defense against it every single time. It just got blocked. It was like basically going through a walkthrough for the Patriots. Tim in San Francisco, go. Yeah, you know, Greg, I, I hear you, but I don't think you can have it both ways. I don't think you can you accurately assess the fact that the Patriots are going downhill and then try to say that Mac needs to, to reel it in. Um, he's, he's the guy out. He's trying to do his job. If you had somebody at your job who is absolutely terrible at it, you would be frustrated too, except he's out on a field getting killed with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Um, he's doing his best, and he recognizes that Matt Patricia's best is not going to do him any good. So I, I think it's hard for us to sit here. You know, you're railing on them, rightfully so, um, but okay. also saying like – Well, let me stop you, Tim. Maz, do you want to weigh in on that? Yeah, look, again, I, I, I don't mind the intensity part of it. I just think that – when you start brushing off brushing off coaches, that's just not, now you're encouraging mutiny. I mean, that's basically what you're doing. It's a quarterback. Mike, how many times over the years have you said it's a management position? Like it's a leadership position. The quarterback starts brushing off the offensive coordinator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get out of here. What do you think the other guys on the team are going to do? That's where I think they are. And I don't have a problem with him voicing frustration it's just the repeated stuff like it was okay last week was fine and then it was okay him dropping f-bomb you know after having to take a timeout after the second play of the the second half we all know they look like a clown show at that point and so frustration that's fine but then coming back and doing the you know waving thing here's the thing that's interesting that you know julia also brought up is i, I remember coming into this season i thought that mac jones had no pressure on him because I thought everybody would be like, if it doesn't work on offense, everyone's gonna, everyone's gonna know it's Patricia. It's Patricia. But I've just been blown away by the the Belichick protection sort of stuff that's going on. I mean, I I guess I underestimated it that you know with Brady gone now, certain aspects. I'm not saying all Patriots fans, but certain aspects of the Patriots fandom, you know, they're, they're the Bills the last thing that they have to hang on to in their last hope. So, you know, it's got to all be Max's fault. It's got to be the player's fault. Yeah. Here's Josh and Easton. Yes, Josh. Okay, so I'm going to inject a few things, if you don't mind, real quick. Go. Can you hear me? Josh, when Bedard is telling you to go, go. that's sort of like a check yourself at the door moment. It's like a low point. Okay? Go. Yeah. Yes, Josh, go. So I'm just saying, if Kyler Murray didn't get hurt, we would have lost that game. Yep. And all of a sudden, we're going to be in probably if we in all four of these games, we'll make the wild card, we'll make the playoffs. If they put in Nick Sirianni as a defense or the offense coordinator, we'll win them all. Okay, uh, who do you say? Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles. Okay, all right. Uh, 
Maz, if uh, Kyler Murray had played that game, would you have lost? Uh, I think that there's actually a decent chance of that. And and when I say that, because he, he can run. I mean, I you know, it looked like he was making some plays early on in that game. I say early on. It was three plays into the game. But he obviously got hurt on a running play. I do think that's where the Patriots are vulnerable. And look, Mike, if you ask me, that whole game came down to pretty much one play. And that was DeAndre Hopkins about fumbling that ball away. So could they have won the game with, or, you know, would they have won the game with Kyler Murray? I'll go so far as to say yes. So, I, you know, going in, I thought the game was a pick. I couldn't tell. I thought it could have gone either way. But I will tell you, just on those first couple of plays, just right around the time when he turned the corner on that run, a little voice inside my head said the Pats are about to get run out of the building. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're in for a long night. The play he got hurt on, I was like, <laughs> oh, boy, they're not going to be able to deal with this speed. Three then, plays, 18 yards and to I, start the game. And I just felt uh, the running thing, like, are you fully ready for this? There's so many games you're not. You, From what we saw in the field, I mean, they didn't really stop James Conner in this game. I mean, no, it's true. Not really. And you mix in Murray with that, and and even though, God, Hollywood Brown is What awful. a dog. What he a blows. A couple of dogs. Him feet and for, Hopkins. Feet for hands. He Oh, he stinks. All right, three up, three down with Bedard after the headline. From 3 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday, Buffalo Wild Wings Happy Hour has beer, cocktails, and bar food for 3 to 6 bucks. It's the perfect way to offset a long day. Text that hilarious joke about your boss to your boss. What? No, no. Try a $4 Bud Light Tall. Set your morning alarm for 6 p.m. That calls for $5 strawberry margaritas. So if you ask your phone why you're still single and... Ha, ha, ha. Seriously? Head to Buffalo Wild Wings Happy Hour from 3 to 6. At participating locations, taxes and fees apply. Dine-in only. Drink responsibly. Offers vary by location. Void where prohibited. There are some things employees love hearing. Congrats. Nice presentation. Enjoy your vacation, Jack. Hey, there's food in the kitchen. Here's something else they'll love. At Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare, a Point32 health company, we offer benefits that empower employees to live healthier lives. From virtual care to digital tools that encourage healthy living, we've designed our plans with innovative and inclusive benefits that meet the needs of every workforce, giving people what they truly value. It's how we take healthcare personally. What kind of hard-hitting analysis can you expect from Felger and Mass this football season? It's going to be a stupid off. Felger and Mass, 98.5, the sports up. And now, it's time for three up. Touchdown, Patriots! Two big throws on his drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from bostonsportsjournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Belger and Mass on 98.5, the Sports Hub. All right, film study, <clears throat> game analysis. Greg Bedard breaks down meticulously the All-22. Maz and the rest of us look at a few plays from our couch. But either way, it's three up, three down with Bedard presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Enjoy the game with the triple distilled, triple cast matured, and triple blended Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Please drink responsibly. Number one star for the Patriots, Greg Bedard. Josh Suche. Uh you know, I did not have him for as many. I thought he got assisted on some of his sacks that Judon, you know, and, and Dietrich Wise also did that. So I only gave him, I had him for two sacks, two hits, two hurries. Um, but I thought he was really good in this game. Man. Same, Uche, absolutely. Where'd he come from, Greg? Meaning what, what took him so long to arrive? Blah, blah, blah. 
Well, a couple things. Um, number one, he is just a sub-pass rusher still. So the Patriots actually need to get a lead for him. And, and that's really when most of the Patriots' pressure happened. Um, you know, I think I had them for more than half of their pressures happened after they grabbed the lead in this game. And uh, so that's to his advantage and helps him and others pop. Um, and, uh, you know, I heard you guys talking about it yesterday. Um, to me, this isn't about, you know, a guy just all of a sudden getting it in year three. He had to stay healthy. He had those issues. But Belichick just refused to use him last year. I think I was ranting and raving like about how they have no pass rush. At least get some young legs, some speed on the field. And Bill just wouldn't do it. Kyle Van Noy, Dante Hightower, you know, let's bring back this guy. Let's bring that. So he finally, for whatever reason, allowed some younger players to play. And, you know, look at that. Hey, the, the, the team didn't collapse. Okay, they number, actually won a game. Number two star. Uh, Judon, much of the same thing. You know, I thought he did a nice job in this game uh, as well. Not, you know, completely dominating like some of his other games, but uh, uh, really good all around. Mass. I also had Judon. I think that the tandem of the two of them is really how you have to look at it. I mean, the Patriots had, what, six sacks? Those two guys were in on five of them, right? So one of them, Judon, got a half sack. He got in there with Lawrence Guy. But I think those two guys basically were the key to the game as far as, you know, other than the complete ineptitude of the Cardinals. (laughs) Who's number three, Greg? Uh, Marcus Jones. I mean, just for his all-around play. I I will say I thought he – you know, while it wasn't perfect on defense, he stood out more in this game defensively. Did a nice job. Um, you know, I think it's borderline ridiculous that they still had him returning kicks while he's playing both ways. Uh, this is part of the reason why the Patriots got into some of these injury messes. Like people are like, "Oh, well, they lost their two top two running backs." Oh, okay. So it's a shock to you that Damian Harris gets hurt. He gets hurt every year, and then you run Ramondre Stevenson into the ground, and he gets hurt. You know, you got to manage some of these guys. You can't just run them into the ground. Who's your third guy, Mass? Kendrick Bourne. I thought Bourne was good in this game. Again, you know, the numbers aren't uh, overly impressive, but five targets, he caught them all. The five catches were a season high. Uh, they highlighted him in the broadcast, blocking he on blocked. one plays. Yeah. Yeah, which, which again, is going to get serious points with Bill. You know that Bill loves that. So I thought it was the best game Bourne has played all season long. Three duds. Number one dud, Greg. Connor McDermott. He's just <laughs> feels like old times. Uh, he's you can't do any better than that, really. This is why you draft a guy. You're going to see the Raiders this week. They drafted a, an offensive tackle, Munford, late in late in the draft, sixth or seventh round. I know the Patriots have to get Schooler because he's the key to everything. Uh, but you know the, the the Raiders draft Munford. He's a borderline starter for them. I think I thought I heard this at some point that the Patriots wanted him and the Raiders kind of stole him from him, but. You know, you left yourself here. You did. Mass. Uh, Devon Godshaw, I thought you guys said it a minute ago. They never really stopped Connor in this game, and I know that factors into the interior of the linebacking core as well. But I thought Arizona controlled the interior of the line of scrimmage. They spun those guys around. They got holes. It felt to me like on first down, Connor was getting six yards every time. Number two star, Greg, stud. Uh, you mean down. Number uh, two down. I'm sorry. Please. Trent, Trent Brown. Um, we might be coming to the portion of the schedule where Trent Brown is 
just about done. Oh, wow. But I, I, I would expect him to play better against the Raiders, which is one of his ex-teams that, you know, he has something to prove against and also his old offensive line coach will be over there. So, uh, you know, maybe he'll be playing better next week, but he's been on a slide lately. Tony. Uh, Dietrich was I, again for the same reasons. I, I I thought he was. I thought they got pushed around in there, and there were a couple of guys that played okay. I thought guy was decent, pretty good. Uh, Quale was good, but you know the, those two guys, Wise and uh, and Godshow, I thought were awful. Number three, Dud, Kyle Duggar. I you know he missed a couple tackles. Um, was not a factor in the game. I mean he just. Everybody wonders. They're like, oh, Kyle Duggar is going to be a star when he has these great games against terrible teams. And then, you know, he gets in on prime time and he does nothing. Like, he doesn't show up. The Patriots have way too many of these guys who, you know, you get through. Adrian Phillips, did he make any plays the other night? I mean, just too many of those guys. Anthony. Uh, I went Jonathan Jones. I, I thought the, you know, to me, he's been kind of exposed in matchups with good receivers. And the, the biggest play in that game, again, was DeAndre Hopkins doing it to himself. So I, I just, you know, I'm not telling you Jones sucks, but to me he is what he is, which is a second corner or a slot corner. Uh, he's not a lead cornerback. Okay, coming up next, you'll take your thoughts on it and the players pretty much taking it to the coaches, not the other way around. The players starting to demand more out of the coaches. Again, not the other way around. A true palace cue down in New England. We discuss that in a long commercial-free segment next. This holiday season... Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Tread. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton. Motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Tread. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton. Motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Now, more of Felger and Birds on the Sports Hub. Well, I think with any coach-player relationship, the player needs to have an understanding that that coach is going to give him what he needs to have success on the field. And I think Mac Jones gave Matt Patricia the opportunity to show him that he was going to be able to do that for him and for his teammates. And again, I just think that there's a sense in that room that they can't let things slide anymore. And so whether it's how they use their timeouts, whether it's the detailed notes on how to ha have a release off the line of scrimmage on a certain pass concept, the ball handling on certain run plays, th there are going to be a lot of questions asked. There were a lot of questions asked, I think, going into this game. I think there will be moving forward uh, because they know if they don't, that maybe they won't end up with the information that they need that's required. That was Phil Perry. I'm with uh, Michael Holly and myself last night. NBC Sports Boston. And I'm telling you, I, it, you know, it's on TV, so you can't really sink your teeth into it like you can 
on the radio, so I'm going to do it here. I I thought that commentary from Phil Perry was eye-opening to me, was outrageous to me. And I don't mean like the reporting. I'm sure he's on it. Mac Jones gave Matt Patricia every opportunity, right? Players just want to be put in a position to succeed. And Mac Jones gave Matt Patricia every opportunity to prove that he could do that. And basically, they've reached a point where they know it's not happening. And now the players are more demanding of the coaches. There's a sense in the locker room, Phil Perry says, that they can't let things slide. How backward is that? Isn't it usually the coaches that are assessing the players and saying, guys, we're loose. We're not detail-oriented. These are the things that we need, the finer points. We need the details taken care of. And it's the coaches demanding that of the players. What Phil Perry is saying is that Mac Jones and the players have reached a point where they have flipped the script on the coaches saying, this is what we need. You're not providing it to us. There's a sense in the room they can't let things slide. Greg, what's going on there? I it's you know it's hard for me to say exactly what you know Phil means you know right there in terms of I mean are they just trying to hold themselves accountable which isn't you know no, unusual it's not, nope it's nope that's not what Phil was saying there Phil was saying the players are now holding the coaches accountable yeah but in terms of you know they can't let it slide and they got to make sure the execution's better and stuff like that how exactly does a player do that he didn't say that he said we need to manage the timeouts better is what he said. That's a coaching thing. I'll sum it up. Well, I will say about the timeout thing, it, somebody told me this the other day that uh, that I think in terms of the offense and taking timeouts, that Bill left a lot of that stuff up to McDaniels. But I'm not exactly 100% sure on that. I think it's today's Gen Z and millennial athletes saying, we don't want bosses. We can run this ourselves. Okay, I'm I think serious. There's, there's part of that. There's a big generational thing. Another cut on that coming up. No doubt about it. But I think this is more than that or, or simpler than that. They're not getting the coaching and they know it. And they're starting to flip the script on the coaches and demand more out of the coaches. And they're not afraid to vocalize it. This is what we're seeing. It's now spilling out into the open. You have a thought, Maz? Yeah, so again, you said obviously this was something that you heard last night. I, I played the audio earlier today and I played it again. Because I said, did he just say what I think he said? In other words, the players are looking at the coaches and go, you guys aren't doing your jobs. You're not doing your jobs. You suck. So, like, that to me, well, I don't know that I've ever heard that. Now, it might happen behind the scenes, like, and I suppose in this case it did. You know, like, you'll see sometimes coordinators or whatnot get fired during the course of the season. But, Mike, that is no small thing, that the players on the team, en masse, basically, I mean, what you have is effectively what you what we've all joked about over the years it's a mutiny uh, listen it's a cue. I, 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 here phil perry number one more of this players demanding more out of the coaches go ahead this has been building for months i think he tried to approach this thing in a certain way for a long long time and I'll, i'm just gonna stop and, here real quick he is mac jones okay so it's been building for a long time and phil saying he was trying to be paid go ahead just give it to me again sorry this has been building for months. I think he tried to approach this thing in a certain way for a long, long time. And now we're down to the last month plus 
of the season and desperate times call for desperate measures. And I think there also was a breaking point that was reached. And I think it was last week against the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, the sense that I get is that players in that locker room are looking at this and saying somebody has to be the driver of well-executed football here. And maybe it should be us. And I think that's why you're hearing the things that you heard from the Patriots after that Bills game. I think that's why you're seeing what you're seeing from Mac Jones because they've approached it one way for a long, long time and it didn't work. And so now there's not much rope left for somebody like Matt Patricia or Joe Judge when it comes to the sideline operation. And you're seeing these outbursts because I think they understand that they don't have the details that they need going into these games week to week in order to have success. And it was my understanding before last night's game that the players were going to try to be holding the coaches accountable (laughs) going into this Cardinals game to get those details that they needed in order to have success. So I think all of this that we're seeing from Mac Jones is a continuation of that. We're hearing it from him at the podium when he says things earlier in the season, like he needs to understand the purpose of every play or after the Bills game just about a week or so ago when he said he wants to be coached harder. They are they are pleading with the coaching staff to give them more, to give them more tools in the tool belt to be able to have success. They're not getting it consistently enough, and you're seeing the results. I think that's mind-blowing. Someone ha- The players have, de- have decided someone has to be the driver of well-executed football, and it has to be us because we're not getting it from the coaches. They don't have the details they need to be successful. And we are now going to press the coaches to make sure we get those details that we need to be successful. That is insane. You know, that that's what that's when you got a bad team. And did you ever think it'd get to that with Bill Belichick's coaching staff? No way. Yeah, no, no way. Again, and, and you know, the way Phil put it there, they're not getting it. The coaches aren't giving it to them. And you know why? Because they can't. They're not capable of it, which again is really a Bill story. But but it is it's that that when I heard that cut those two cuts I went holy crap like that the the it's a it's a revolt. Well, I thought the the most eye opening comment that I've heard over the past couple of weeks was Mac Jones after I think it was the Bills game when he said I want to be coached harder exactly and then he then he talks this week uh, in his uh, his interview over at EEI and he talks about how Josh McDaniels coached him hard. And, and all that stuff. But what Phil's talking about, like he, t- I just don't understand. Like, I understand what Phil is saying. And I understand the crux of what he's saying. And we all un- understand it, that they're not being coached well enough. But I just don't understand from being around the NFL how players can, can impact being a well-executed football team. Like, it just doesn't work that way. The, the way that you become a good and the Patriots have in years past, you could count on them over the course of the year that they would have less and less mistakes and their execution would get better as the season went on. Why? Because the coaches said, all right, well, we're just run it again, run it again. We're going to get it right. And I don't, I just don't think players have the power to do any of that stuff. If the pay, if the players really, and, and a lot of the stuff that's, what's wrong with this offense like in terms of you know limiting what Mac Jones can do at the line of scrimmage taking away the line's ability to say you know what we were going to run this we're going to block this this play this way but now that we've seen the defense we're going to change they can't from what I understand they can't do that anymore it's what the run to get simple 
and faster. I saw, How's that worked? I, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, I thought I did see more of Mac Jones. It felt like changing plays at the line, or you know, I, I think he can change. He can change helmet. routes and what they're doing, and yeah. you know, and when. You know, there's certain things, and they did a little bit more check with me at the line. You know, knowing that the Cardinals are going to show that they're they're blitzing, and basically every time the Cardinals blitz, the Cardinals uh, the Patriots caught them in it. Mac did a really nice job of that in this game, which led me to believe they should they should have done more of that. But um, you know, in terms of like Brady and even Mac Jones at times last year could get to the line and say, you know what, I'm going to call him a different an entirely different play now that we're at the line of scrimmage where they can't do any of that stuff anymore. Not even close. Okay. So yes, Mass. No, Greg, the only thing I quibble with that you said was, you know, what Phil is saying. I don't think Phil's the one saying it. No, I know. I know. Yeah. I think the players are saying it and it's an issue. That is an issue. That's where you are on Belichick staff. Parcells, Belichick, that lineage, that tree, that, that kind of program is having the players call out the coaches and demand more out of the coaches because they're not getting the details they need to have success. Wow. That is, of all the bad things we've seen and heard, like that's near the top of the list for me. Uh, And so we'll get your reaction to it. Here's an update from Murray. 90 seconds, no commercials, and we're right back. Cambridge Savings Bank, my official bank, gets to the heart of what you need for your business. Achieving your goals is their number one priority. Because after all, you're the only one that really matters. Learn more at cambridgesavings.com slash corporate banking. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.